Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to move into a practice before I do that. I'm going to lay out the theme of the practice and offer you a look inside. And so this conversation is on compassion. That's what this, this conversation is about, is on compassion. And you're compassionate, you know that. Good to know that. You have some compassion. And the conversations I attempt to lay out is, are aligned to the human experience. So the work for you out here when you're listening is to find yourself in this conversation because you're in it. It's not like, wow, I don't know if I'm in this conversation. It's like, yeah, you are, you're in it. And that's my attempt through these conversations is to pinpoint the human experience that we're all having in our own unique way and offer you an opportunity to find this part of you. Because this part needs to be defined. All of our parts need to be defined and there's a lot of parts at play. Tremendous amount of parts at play in the human experience. And so every time I teach, I attempt to pick one and have a conversation about it and to see what arises and comes from it. And so compassion, I'm going to break this down. And my approach is to offer you two sides of the equation. One where we lead ourselves into trouble. We have a proclivity, a proclivity for that. We just love troublemaking every once in a while. We do that. And the other side is where you are, you are pulling yourself into the good and attempting to be a good person in this world, which is very difficult. And so the, cur the curse of compassion. There's a curse side to everything that we do. And so the curse of compassion. Compassion, in some sense, is the attempt to take care of someone, including ourselves. However, if you're too compassionate, you'll end up doing everything for them. So if you go over the line, you'll end up doing everything for someone. And it's likely that you're doing that now. You're over the line in terms of your compassion with somebody. In other words, you must protect others because you see them as frail and feeble. Therefore, they need to be coddled and babied. And you have that view. You can ask yourself, well, why would I have that view? Because you have that view of yourself. This is victim mentality. You are a victim, for sure. You play that out on a daily basis. And if you see yourself that way, you'll see other people that way. And you do. There's no escaping that. You may not want to admit to it, but that's different. That there is that side of you, the victim side. We all have. The consequence when you start doing everything for them, then they stay useless, dependent, and will hate you for it. And they will. And that's happened to you most likely somewhere along the line where you've gone over the line with compassion and you kept people around you that were useless and dependent on you. And there's a part of you that loves that. You want people to be dependent on you because there's meaning in that, that you're useful. That if people are coming to you, you must have some semblance of value. And if you have value, 
that's good for you. One of the reasons why we like people being dependent on us, because we establish value. Somebody must like me. Somebody must love me because they're coming to me. They must respect me. And it's one of the drives we have is to keep people weak around us so they're dependent on us. And if people are weak around us, we're stronger. It's a very interesting look. If we're stronger, when shit hits the fan, we can crush people. Welcome to relationships. That's happening in your relationships right now. That's the struggle that we can be in. It's not a good principle to build relationships upon because you will suffer from an excess of spontaneous compassion. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me do something for you. Spontaneous compassion. We're constantly reaching outside of ourselves to be compassionate with other people, thinning ourselves out in the process. Until there's nothing left. There's not much left in the tank because you're giving so much to other people, attempting to do so much for other people because you feel they can't do it themselves. As a result, you'll weaken yourself while simultaneously keeping everybody, everyone else around you weak too. Which is not good for anybody. You weaken yourself and you weaken everybody around you. They'll do the same. So everybody's weak. Talking about nonsense and having their attention on things that don't actually matter. It's very unique to be in a relationship where somebody is actually attempting to make you stronger. That is very unique. And if you do that, maybe somebody does that for you. Wouldn't that be interesting? And so you're stronger as a consequence, not only you as the individual, but you as a partner, partnership. Your relationship is stronger. It's very unique. It takes a lot of diligence and commitment to do such a thing. And so compassion is often seen as this beautiful quality, and it is in so many different ways, but it also has the dark side of it. If you've drawn it too much, it's not good for you. One of the examples of this is if you're a parent. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to it. I have a daughter, she's 13, and I can see this dance that I have with her in some way. And it's a fine line that I want her to feel supported and have a soft landing space at times because she needs that and we all need that at times. But if I cross the line, then I'm doing too much for her, which undermines what I'm attempting to do that I want her to be an independent being, to be able to stand on her own two feet, have a voice, be a sovereign individual in this world. But if I cross the line, she's becoming dependent and too soft. And being soft in this world is not a good idea because we become, mm, we can lose our motivation by being too soft and having so much done for us. And that can happen, it's happening more and more. That more and more things are being given to us. And that's not good for motivation, absolutely not. It's definitely played out over the last couple of years. Stay at home, we'll give you a bunch of money. 
<laughs> well, why would I work? This is perfect. We get to sit at home, cash some checks, play some video games. I don't know, whatever. I don't need to go back to work. This is soft. I like this. People are giving me things. And it's the slow erosion of the self. There's no meaning attached to that. I was thinking about my dogs the other yesterday because it was a topic of conversation. <laughs> and what I've noticed over the years having my dogs is um, how compassionate some are with dogs. I've had a couple neighbors that have been like that with my dogs. And so if the dogs go for a wander, they start feeding and watering, watering the dogs. Oh, you poor things. And so all of a sudden my dogs are over there and they're not here. And they've undermined months of me training my dogs to be here. Just gone. And so my dogs are, I don't know, somewhere else. And that's the challenge, is if we're too compassionate, we undermine so much. Not only ourselves, but everybody else that's around us. And so it's a worthwhile look into yourself of where you're playing this out because you are right now. You're too soft with yourself in some way. Absolutely. And if that's true for you as the individual, you're playing that out in a relationship and you want to know where. And so you can solve that problem because it's a problem. And so balanced compassion is different. Compassion is useful at times, especially with supporting those that can't take care of themselves. And that happens. We can't always take care of ourselves. And so we have, it's worthwhile being compassionate, like having an injury. It's like, ooh, okay, I got to slow down, take care of myself. Maybe somebody else has an injury, some condition. However, you have to think. You can't just feel and be swayed by your emotions, <laughs> which can happen. I don't think. I'm just swayed by our emotions and move. I feel this way, so I do this. I feel this way, and I do that. And there's no center. There's no balance in that. You must use compassion prudently, like pointed, properly, which is the attempt to allow and support you and others to claim your, their independence, which is the practice. Claiming your own independence in this world. Whoa. And if you've tried it, it's very difficult, <laughs> extraordinarily difficult. There's plenty of people around and forces around that don't actually want that for you. They don't want you to be an individual. Claim your independence. So do not interfere with the struggle to do so, because it's a bloody struggle. And it's a good struggle. It's a worthy, noble struggle. Be challenging yourself for your own independence in this world. And the discipline to refrain from meddling will strengthen you. Ah, because you have to constrain that part of you and stop meddling with people and other things just because you feel like it. And the strength that comes out of that discipline is very beneficial and offers a tremendous amount of utility. And the struggle to be independent will strengthen others. You don't meddle with people, they don't meddle with you. You're in the struggle. Even when bugs are crawling on you, you're in the struggle. 
And there has to be a level of struggle. There's a part of us that's like, ah, life shouldn't be this way. Life shouldn't be a struggle. It should be soft. Well, I should be happy. I think she should be wonderful. And that happens sometimes as a consequence of your practice. But life is a struggle if you haven't noticed. And that's not changing anytime soon. And so to be in the struggle and the struggle for your independence, and part of that is constraining and defining your relationship to compassion. So I have a question for you. Where are you over the line with your compassion? With whom? Mm-mm-mm. What a question. Where is that? Line with this definition, what I just laid out? Where? We'll say something out loud. Make it real. Kids? Oh, so easy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so easy. Thanks for that. Who else? Yeah. <laughs> okay, 100% romantic relationships. Okay, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good for you. Exactly. Okay, very good. Thanks for that. Who else? Where? Oh, it's somewhere. At work. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The idea is that you know, whether you say it out loud or not, to have the answer. You want to have the answer. It's so easy to avoid these conversations. Like, ah, no, I'm not like that. Nope. You're doing yourself a great disservice. By not answering that question. So answer. Have something to practice into. To solve that problem you have. Because you have a problem. Many. And so the idea through this practice is. You work into your hamstrings. Because that's the focus of this practice. (laughs) Hamstrings. Backs of your legs. And up on the board. Hamstrings. Left. Hamstring. Sadness and disappointment. The curse of compassion can lead you into sadness and disappointment because it's a mushy experience. There's nothing there. The right compulsions, the desire to coerce people into doing something like receiving your compassion (laughs) and codependency. You could be codependent on your compassion. You want others to be codependent on you. And wouldn't it be something to rid yourself of that energy, that stance, And that stance lives in the hamstrings. And if that's true, they're weak. And if your hamstrings are weak, you're weak. You're not standing up as straight as you can, as strong as you can. You've lost your stability. And that's true if we are leaning too far into compassion. So let this be a meaningful practice. You walk out here different. 60 minutes from now, you're a different human being as a consequence of your practice. That's what's in front of you. 